Hi, my name is Jordan Lytle, and welcome back to the Collected Nonsense Podcast, a podcast about music, games, and other nonsense. Uh, with me, I have my co-host, Zachary Bruno. Zachary, how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you, man? Tired. <laughs> what have you been up to this week? Well, I've been doing a lot of music things, um, pretty much the same stuff as last week, uh, but lately I've been kind of... Um, I guess surprising myself on how much I can kind of accomplish if I just put the time in. So, uh, but yeah, just lots of electronic music, um, ambient stuff, and working at Starbucks as usual. What about you? Cool. I've uh, been mostly working. I've played a few games here and there, and I've been kind of watching the E3 coverage, which has been interesting, and I'm sure we'll end up talking about that quite a bit. Sweet. So yeah, not a whole lot going on. And I really haven't listened to all that much music this week either, but what have you been listening to? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> a lot of my own stuff, obviously, because I'm making it, but um, man, uh, I, I, I know we didn't really have um, the notes uploaded, so I'm, I'm kind of thinking that I should... It's going to be kind of a, a, a wing it kind of thing for me, but um, I didn't do that much research on like a specific band. I've had like a bunch of different bands I, I follow over the years, and um, now it's kind of been one of the bands that I kind of like follow a little bit more closely is Echo Smith. And they're kind of, um, I, I heard about them, I think probably about six months ago. My friends introduced me to them, and um, they're a pretty, pretty cool band, um, four, four kids all siblings and um they they kind of i guess they on their debut album they kind of made it big somehow and um they have their their single cool kids you probably heard it on the radio or something yes i think i have heard that song i was gonna say i don't think i've heard anything about them but now that you mention it right yeah so i mean their other songs are really really great too um but obviously it's just it's it just comes down to like usually you only hear the the one song that makes it and if you're not really interested past that you don't don't get to listen to the rest of the album but um huh. but yeah they're, they're pretty they're a pretty cool band um yeah i mean i think yeah it's i really like their style i think um i, I kind of look up to them more than more than just musically i think just being like that young and 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 making great music and having, um, I guess, something to, to put out that's great quality and and um, I think that's cool. Cool. So is all their music kind of like that one song that's on the radio? It's all pretty poppy and uh, stuff like that, or is it? Do they kind of vary their styles like Twenty One Pilots a bit? Uh, yeah, it's kind of I don't know a kind of mixture between those two answers. I think. Um, what would I, how would I explain that? I think, um, it's hard to, it's really hard to describe their, their influence. I think their biggest influence according to them is Coldplay, but I mean, I don't see any Coldplay influence, uh, when I listen to their songs, but <laughs> maybe it's just their favorite band. Right. That didn't actually, that's not yeah, where they true. From. I mean, I guess there's a difference, which is interesting. Yeah. So if I were to go listen to some of their stuff, what, what songs of theirs are your favorites that I should go listen to? Um, definitely Cool Kids because it's, it's catchy and stuff. But, um, man, they had another song. Let's see if I can look it up real quick. I got their album on... Um, I got their album for 99 cents because I guess I'm cheap like that. But <laughs> um, it's a special that Google Play was running a while back. But uh, yeah, they have man, they have a lot of songs. Like there's there's very little songs on the album that I would um, that I would say that I'd, I I would want to like skip. I, there's really nothing that I would want to skip. But I mean, there may be a few songs that I'm kind of like, okay, this is it's okay, it's it's pretty good, but it's not that good. But most of the songs on the album are are really well produced and they're they're pretty good. I mean, especially for a, a debut album of these these kids that have been doing. I mean, they've been doing it all their life, but um, 
I think they started the band when they were like really, really young, like seven or something. <laughs> but interesting. It's really good, man. Yeah. So check it out, Echo Smith. Talking okay. Dreams is their first album. So yeah. Two thousand thirteen. Wow, it's been a while. Huh. Yeah, so I'm I'm trying to think through what else I might have been listening to this week and I can't really I mean, other than the usual stuff. Nothing new. Listen to some more. But I listened to a bunch of um, Brian Fallon's new album. Oh, yeah? Oh, no, not Brian Fallon's. Uh, Brandon Flowers' new album. It it throws me off that they both have the same initials. <laughs> okay. I've heard both names, but I've... Yeah. I so, Brian remember. Fallon is the lead singer of Gaslight Anthem. Okay. Brandon Flowers is the lead singer of The Killers. Ah, uh, okay. So, have you listened to Brandon Flowers' new album um now i can't remember the name of it but it has what's the name of it i've been listening to it a bunch which is why i'm not look. i haven't been looking at the album cover i've just been <laughs> putting it on shuffle and just listening to it that's hilarious because i same here i wouldn't have known the album name of echo smith yeah i don't always pay attention to it so, uh, uh it's the desired effect the desired effect i have not listened to that it's really good. It just came out like a month ago. What was that's, the genre? It's one of those albums where there's not a single song on there that I want to skip. Like I, I just listened to it. Right. I just listened to it straight through because it's just a work of art in and of itself. Yes, it, it's real good. Awesome. And actually, it flows better if you don't put it on shuffle. But right, sometimes I like to mix it up. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Because after a while, you just it's like you kind of expect the same songs, and it gets boring. Well, and if I don't know how long I'm going to be sitting there listening, I, I don't know if I'll be able to get through the entire album, and maybe I don't want to only hear the first five songs right. of the album yep. every time I sit down to listen to it. Yep. Synth pop, new wave, alternative rock. Interesting. I mean, that's about it. it. It sounds, there's a lot of stuff on there that sounds really, it's got like an 80s sound to it. It's really good. Yeah, that's but what in it a way, sounds like. In a way that's like improving this. It's not like, oh, it just sounds like it was made in the 80s. It sounds like it could have been made in the 80s, but it was actually produced well, which is interesting. Because I really like it. It sounds great. Dude, I'm, I'm looking at the cover right now, and it, it looks so old. Like, Yeah, I know. It's funny. It just came out this year, though. <laughs> I'm like checking the date, double take. Wow. Yeah, well, it helps that it's in black and white. Too. Right, but the fonts, I mean, yeah. Sweet. Like, I there, could totally there's see no that text on, on the cover. We, we might not be looking at the same thing. Really? There's no text on the cover? No. Weird. I'm looking on Wikipedia, and it's it, it has text on the cover. It, they may have an alternate cover, I guess. Interesting. Yeah, like maybe the um, maybe one for vinyl, one for Spotify or whatever. I don't know. What are you listening on? What do you use for... I typically use okay, so sometimes I just buy stuff and it's just I um I'll just buy it on iTunes typically. But if I don't buy it, then I'll use I usually just look it up on YouTube. Okay. See, you're you're more. Um, you support the artists more than I do. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm very um. I mean, which is ironic because I'm more of a musician, I guess, in some ways than you are, and I'm yeah like, using yeah. Spotify all the time. But I guess I have my reasons, and that is save my money so I can make my own music, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and I don't I don't buy music that often because I have enough music that I've already bought that I can just mostly listen to what I have. Every once in a while, I'll come across something I feel like buying, but not all that often. Uh, I'm looking at this cover. It's the same cover that I have. It's just the one in iTunes doesn't have the text on it for whatever reason. Weird. Yeah. I think that's cool, though. I've yeah, always, it's cool. I've always liked the ones that don't have the text on it. Like yeah. You just look at the picture and you're like, yep, that's the album. You don't need a... I don't think you really need... I mean, there's already the title beneath the album on iTunes and stuff. It doesn't... Yeah, well, it used to... I mean, it used to make a little bit more sense because you just have a CD or a record in a store and the only way you'd know what was on it is if you right. could read what was on it, you know? So, 
Speaking of records, I need to get a record player because yes, you do. Yeah, I have I have records. I just have no way to play them. And there's a few albums I'd really like to get on vinyl, and that um, Brendan Flowers one is one that I would like to get on vinyl. There are some good, yeah. There's some good records. I mean, records are coming back, which is cool. Um, I don't even know why that is. Like because it's still sounds better. Still sounds better. Yeah, it's there's <laughs> something about that people, analog yeah. sound. There's something about that sound. Yeah, the, it's analog and instead of digital, so it just the and it's a lot warmer. It's really interesting that you can't make. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you can replicate the sound perfectly on digital, even if you were to, like, mimic. Well, yeah, it's just so far nobody's been able to do it in a way that's actually convincing. So right. theoretically, you could create the exact same sounds just because, I mean, all you're doing is producing sound with out of a speaker. So, Right. I guess if you had some sort of, like, physical analog vinyl processor that kind of used like a, a mini disc somehow and like you could like pipe your audio through it and it would like well i mean what some people have done is they've just they've ripped the vinyl version of it right. and then you have a digital version that sounds mostly like what it would sound like on vinyl because it just it basically changes the way it's eq'd makes it sound like it's produced differently so it they makes just, it like, sound less compressed too. Yeah, so they they would take the record and then they would record the audio off of it, and then they have a digital version that sounds more like the vinyl version. It still doesn't sound exactly the same because it's being played off a computer, not off of a record. Right, right, that's true. But it sounds closer. I don't know. It's interesting. But I also don't know exactly all of you know what goes into making that sound different. I just know. There are certain albums like thir Boston's Third Stage. It sounds significantly better on vinyl. It sounds complete. It's a completely different sound on vinyl than it is from on CD. Like some of them just sound slightly better. Like this one sounds completely different. Is it because it's a different version? That'd be interesting if they if they. It's put a made version. the same way, but I kind of wonder if it was compressed for cds mm, and yeah. not compressed as much before being put on vinyl see that really fascinates me it, yeah, it sounds like it's something, something is clearly different it, it was clearly made to be listened to on vinyl yeah so but yeah that's why i want to get a record player because i have that that's one of the albums i have it's third stage then you can say I'm not, I don't use iTunes anymore. I use, I don't know, vinyl. Half rice books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, half rice um, books. Well, yeah, I mean, I would still use iTunes for, like, if I ever want to listen to music when I'm out somewhere, it's, I mean, I, I just want to be able to pull out my phone and plug some headphones in. Right. But that, and it's not that easy to carry a record player around with you. Yeah, it's more for like a, a home kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, do you have a record player? Do you listen to records we, at all? Or do you... We do. I don't listen to any because the one we have is kind of stowed away somewhere. But I do want to. That's one of my, I guess one of my goals, I guess you could call it. Just take it out and start listening to some records. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, cool. I, I think the only reason I haven't gotten one is because I have nowhere to put it. Like, as it is to record this podcast, I'm in one of the corners of my room. And, like, my knees are up against things that I have stored here. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a little cramped. There's not exactly room for me to be putting a ton more stuff here at the moment. But eventually I'll have more room. And then I'll go get a record player. There are some small ones. I mean, I mean, obviously there's just, there's only like so small you can get, but I mean, tabletop kind of stuff. And yeah, I don't even have any shelf space to put one <laughs> at the moment. So yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really cramped. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's 
the problem is that I have enough space that for, I'm about to move here just a bit, and oh, so I have enough stuff to go where I'm moving to, but it's like too much for where I am right now. That, and I probably need to clean this room too, and kind of try to organize some stuff to make it fit a little better. But, but we're getting off on a tangent, which is going to be confusing to anyone listening. So, where were we? We were talking about music. So have you listen, been listening to anything else before we move on? I don't think so. Not not too much. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. Did anything interesting happen in the music world that you know of? Just out of curiosity. Mm. Notice any music I know news. The... I figure we'll start bringing some of that in. Okay. Well, anything. I know the awards. There's an award ceremony. Actually, you know what? The... Okay, I just got on my phone today, and I did see something. So I believe Taylor Swift um, posted something about the Apple Music. I think it's called Beats. I'm not I'm not sure exactly what it's called. Oh, I think they bought Beats. They bought Beats. Okay, so now they're Apple thing. Music or whatever it is. Yeah. And she posted this whole thing on Tumblr about how, obviously, she respects Apple, but she basically said the same thing to Spotify where... She doesn't, it's not that she doesn't want to put her music on because she's like, just wants to make more money. It's really about all the other artists that are kind of like not making money yet and don't have a chance and are basically everybody's, I mean, this is kind of speaking to myself because I listen to Spotify all the time. So it's kind of ironic, but, um, but yeah, like all the, all the artists that aren't making that much money because everybody's listening to their stuff on streaming services. And the the way that the pay structure is is, uh, is structured in on a streaming service like Spotify um, is that the people that get the most streams get the most money, and and that makes sense on the surface. But really, what it happens is everybody has this pool. Um, it basically all the streams and the money go into this pool, and um, the majority of artists. It's like the 80-20 rule, really. I mean, but it's, I think it's even, it's probably more like a 95-5 rule. Um, so you have like 95% of the artists that are getting like 5% of the money kind of thing. That's kind of how it's working. Um, which is sad because the artists that need it the most are the people that are at the bottom. And especially on streaming services because nobody's going to be, nobody's going to be, streaming like an artist that just got like an album out or a single out and they're not really that popular um and even if they were they want to get album sales really not not streaming sales streaming sales can come later so, so I think here's what, a here's a bit of a counter argument to like I'm, i just read the taylor swift thing also um, this morning i think um well i mean i, I skimmed it but i i'm a little bit more familiar with the spotify deal with her right, playing right, music off Spotify. The whole idea is based on the misconception that a that streaming a song should be the same as buying a song. Yeah. And it's not, right? When I go to st- stream a song, I may stream a song and then buy it later, even if I subscribe to a streaming service. Streaming is more like radio, right? I don't stream, I don't typically stream to find stuff that I already listen to. Mm -hmm. I stream to listen to songs that I haven't heard yet. And the reason why people put music on streaming services, or the reason why bands are on there, is not to make a ton of money, because guess what? They don't. like As people have discovered, you know, they don't make barely any money at all off of something like Spotify. Right. The reason it's on there is so people will listen to it. And the other reason it's on there is to discourage people from pirating it. True. Because people think that it's like the whole piracy issue with games and stuff too. People think that if we make it harder to get, people won't pirate it. But that's exactly what makes people pirate it, right? right? Because people are like, you know, if they can go just listen to it, they're more likely to buy it later. As it is, if there's no way for them to listen to it, guess what? If they if they don't have the money to buy it and they want to listen to it and they can't stream it, they're just going to pirate it right. and then they're just going to keep it. Right. And you may actually lose sales by doing something like that. Which is, it, 
yeah so and that's kind of i think that speaks i think that speaks to to her point though is basically that she's not doing it for herself she's doing it for other artists that she really believes that what she's doing is something that's benefiting others because she's probably yeah i know money. but like i don't think it is benefiting others is what i'm saying like it it seems like she's not understanding the purpose of a streaming service right. and she's doing something she's saying she's not hurting apple apple doesn't care if they have Taylor Swift on their service. Uh, the people who care are, I guess, her fans. True. She, she's saying, I'm going to prevent my fans from getting access to my music because I don't like something that this company is doing. Well, I, I guess the way I look at it is, is it's a way for her to show, basically do what she can to, to promote what she believes in personally. And whether people agree with that or not is kind of, besides the point because she has her own agenda but i mean I think... she can do that it's fine it's just kind of a big middle finger to her fans in an unintended way it's like hey you want to listen to my music well better buy it i guess because i don't know i, don't know. I... I guess she has the right to do that it's just kind of a uh, it's a bit of a dick move yeah maybe i i mean i think i don't know as as a as a user of Spotify and someone who has his own music on Spotify, um, I really don't think that it has helped me. Uh, maybe helped me financially just a tad, um, but it not not in terms of promoting like getting exposure in my music. Um, the only thing I can think of is that people listen to my music on the radio and then they they'll go to Spotify and. Um, because it's the easiest thing to listen to without having to buy anything. But, you know, if my music's all over YouTube too, and I'm not making any money, and that's the thing, her music's all over YouTube, and she's making money off of it, but it's still on YouTube, and the the pay rate is pretty pretty similar to Spotify. But, yeah, well, but that's the other thing. Like The only difference is You better is be that, consistent if you're going to... Yeah. Well, the only yeah. difference is that you can't, on your phone, you can't open a YouTube app and let it play in the background. You know, it's it's a music video. It's not technically you music. Can. It, all you have to do is go, you just open it in Safari and then hit play and then exit the app and then press the button on your headphones. It, it's a little bit more of a pain, but it works just Does fine. It work? Okay. Yeah, because I do that all the time. Because <laughs> I don't you have Spotify on my phone. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's interesting because I can see both sides and I kind of agree with you too. So. I mean, I understand why they're thinking that. It's just they're taking the wrong steps. It's the same it's the same issue with game companies that put tons of DRM on their products to keep people from pirating it. Like you're hurting the wrong person. Right. The people who pirated your game they they're either just not going to want to play your game or they're going to go find a version where somebody's cracked all that stuff that you've put on it. And they're just going to get that one. And the people who di don't normally pirate games are going to have to deal with all this crap that you put in there. Right. That's true. You're trying to present, prevent something which is inevitable. What would you like propose as, as an alternative solution, I guess, to what she's doing? To what she's doing? Yeah. Get your music in as, the hands of as many people as possible. And then just voice... I guess if you want... If you don't agree with the pay grade, just getting the message out there that the pay grade is bad and then suggesting that people go buy the albums to support you. Yeah. Would be all right. But I don't know. It's I, I'm not sure what the best way to do it is because there's no there's really no way that anyone's ever gonna pay you more money to let to stream your songs because it doesn't make the company any money at all really like ad revenue for stuff like that is next to nothing so they don't it's not like they have a ton of money coming in from those songs to pass on and still make any money so i don't know it, it's a it's a lot like radio <laughs> it's the it's the 21st century radio yeah that's and I, I think very true, the actually. problem is that not everybody understands that that's what it is. Yep. However, the pay rate is is way 
lower than radio or yeah according to my knowledge yeah well it's because the ads for the the companies that run radio stations make more money off Ah, of ads on radio stations good point than companies or than companies that run streaming services because we'll see the radio is just on everywhere you go right so you're going to hear an ad. You're more likely to hear an ad on a radio station that you don't listen to right. than you are on Spotify. Just because it's on, it was on in some store somewhere. I don't know. So, man. There's something to say about radio, though. I mean, it's, it's, it's curated automatically. And it's, well, okay. Every, I, guess, I guess that could be said about Spotify, too. But, but it, I guess somebody's actually doing it. Yeah, I mean, I guess on radio you're paying somebody to sit there and create a set list, or create a playlist, technically. But, I don't know. In Spotify, you're just kind of doing it yourself, or hitting shuffle, or whatever. But it's the same, you know, it's not the same thing, but it's the same principle. And the idea that, I just want to listen to some music, I want to listen to whatever's popular, I want to listen to a handful of things. And I don't really mind if there are a couple ads in here or there. Right. Because I just want to listen to some music or I want to discover something new. Right. And that's, and here's the thing. Here's an interesting thing is that Pandora is more close. It's more closer, closely related to radio stations than Spotify is. And it's paying way more than Spotify. It may have to do with what ads they have too. Like in a, in a lot of cases, it's just like with Spotify, I get an ad every like hour or something too. So it all depends on what ads you have, what what kinds of clicks you're getting on those ads, how much money the companies are offering to pay you. So my my theory is that they may just they like Spotify probably just didn't have enough money to give out a ton of money for streaming. So I don't know, but yeah. It's not ideal in any case, but at the end of the day, just like, like radio, like you shouldn't be expecting to make your money off of something like streaming because you won't. Right. Unless you're extremely popular and you don't need it anymore. Yeah. And in a lot of cases, bands don't even make most of their money off of album sales. They make it off of tours. Tours. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So anyway, I think we were we were wrapping up the music section about 15 minutes ago and then went off on that tangent. So <laughs> it's pretty good. It's not bad. Uh, so moving on from music now into the game segment. Gaming. Yeah. Have you played any games? Yes, in Seems my life like you've been I pretty have. busy. No, um, yeah, actually I was playing a, what was I playing? Um, no, it was just, it was Lord of the Rings Online. It was, um, I think I mentioned that in a previous episode with some friends. Um, I guess there's nothing really to tell about that, anything new, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. Anything interesting happened? Do you notice any new mechanics or Uh, abilities or something that's worth mentioning? Well, I'm just I'm getting way more familiar with the whole. Uh, I guess what, what would that be like a role playing game or what would that? It would probably be an MMORPG, MMO, which is yeah, a RPG. massively multiplayer online role playing game. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, and and it's I guess I'm getting used to like the whole format and um, I, I I grew up playing like Age of Empires and stuff like that just a little bit and um, those games were kind of all I knew in a way. So I getting into like a role playing game where it's like first person is kind of way different. It's a lot more, I guess that wouldn't be first person. It'd be third person, but still it's, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's, it's practically the same thing. And, um, it's, it's just different. Like getting to use, getting used to like all the things you can do and all these different buttons and options and rankings and classes. And there's like different things that kind of set your character apart. Um, I guess having to keep track of all that and knowing what each one does. So I'm, I'm kind of the type of guy who'd be like, 
you know, I don't feel like I'm, I know anything until like I'm the expert, you know, and I know everything about it. So when I don't know very much about something, I'm kind of like freaking out, figure, trying to figure out like, what does this do and what does that do? And so, um, yeah, just getting, getting used to it. I think I'm kind of feeling a lot more comfortable now, but before it was just, I, I felt like I was just winging it, you know, walking around and fighting things. Yeah, I'm still no good at uh, traditional MMOs. I think the only one I've played for any amount of time is Star Wars: The Old Republic. And even then, like if everyone on a raid or something, I'd be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm so sorry, guys. I have no <laughs> idea. What am I supposed to do? Somebody just tell me. Because they're like, man, what are you doing? Why aren't you over here attacking this enemy? We're supposed to be going this way. We're supposed to be going there. Like, I don't know. I don't play MMOs. <laughs> They're, they're, like especially if you go on raids and stuff, there's specific things that everybody kind of knows from WoW that you're supposed to do, and there's certain ways you're supposed to do everything. And if you're not used to that, learning it can be kind of interesting. Yeah, like knowing your place as a character and your character class. Yeah, it's interesting. But I, I think the only... I, I have played one other MMO, actually, and that's Planet Side 2. Have you ever played Planet Side 2? No. That is actually really good. It's not an MMORPG. It's just an MMO. I mean, it has RPG elements, but it's not an RPG. It's a game where there are there is a planet with three or four different continents on it. You are a soldier, and you have to you pick one faction, and you have to capture bases as part of that faction. And it just there's it's like an entire planet is it's one map. And there's no, like, so it's, there are these different bases on there which are set up kind of like what would traditionally be one map in a, in a, you know, multiplayer first person shooter. But you can walk from one to the other. There's no, like, now this game is starting, now it's ending. Uh. You can just go up to one and try to capture it. And if there's somebody else there, then you end up fighting them and then you can respawn nearby and all sorts of stuff. It's interesting. It's a lot of fun. And... The coolest thing about it is that there can be so many people on one server at a time. You can be in a fight with like hundreds of other people at once. Wow. With complete with tanks, aircraft, tons oh, okay. of ground so forces. It is, it is set in modern times then, I guess. Uh it's set in the future. future. Yeah, it's okay. in space. Sweet. Space age stuff. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. That's uh, I think I've been playing that for years on and off. I played a little bit more this week. It's good. There's something, the coolest thing about it is like, you know, normally you're limited by the edges of a map whenever you're in a fight. In this case, you aren't. So there have been cases where, and I think there was one time this week where everybody was kind of pinned down and I died. So I respawned and then took like a four wheeler and drove miles out of the way. <laughs> to get around the back of these people and then set up like a sniping position behind everyone and was able to pick off a few different people and that was just really satisfying because you're like you, you end up just outmaneuvering everybody else it's kind right. of cool just interesting stuff you couldn't normally do is it so it's, is it like Age of Empires where you're looking down at the map or is, how is it no it's a first person first shooter person. yeah so it's cool. So what would, I guess, like, in that case, how would a role-playing game, how would it not be a role-playing game? Because you said it was kind of like well, not it's really... It's structured more like a first-person shooter, right? So you have, and you don't, like, pick one class and stick to it. You pick a faction. And then each time you spawn, like, a normal first-person shooter, you can pick a class uh, and pick okay. your loadout and stuff like that. Okay, so it's more... But you do level up the guns that you get. Or you get money, which you can use to level them up. And you level up as a character by getting XP and stuff like that. Interesting. But that doesn't ultimately affect how strong you are. So a level one person can still take out somebody who's max level. Okay. Because the guns are roughly the same power. It's just, it, it, they're all side grades. It's actually really good because it's a free-to-play game. So you can buy guns that you would normally have to earn like wait and right earn points to get so it's actually so you can get different guns by paying for them or different armor and stuff but it's all 
it's all about it's all a trade-off right so you can get a gun that shoots at a higher velocity but it takes longer to reload or something like that so there's there's always a trade-off so you don't end up with these people who spend a thousand dollars in game and suddenly they're the most powerful person in the game and no one can kill them yep <laughs> so I, i've never actually subscribed to it so I, i'm just a free-to-play what's the player. game called it's called Planet Side Two. Planet Side Two, sweet. Yeah, sounds pretty it's worth cool. Trying. So that the, their free to play model is actually pretty good, which is surprising. So that's the way it's supposed to be done. I actually played another free to play game this week, which was Dirty Bomb, which is an objective based first person shooter. It was pretty good. I played it yesterday. We played it for a few hours, but. The shoot it's really nice and fast paced. So it's a lot like it's a lot like Team Fortress 2, but a little bit more fast paced and less hats. <laughs> Faster than Team Fortress 2. Is that even possible? Yeah, well I mean all most of the characters move about the speed as, as the scout in Team Fortress 2. Oh yeah. Yeah. And faster than Team Fortress 2 is definitely possible. Doom multiplayer is faster than Team Fortress 2. I just remember playing it like once or twice an and being like, this is insane. Like, I can't even, it it just, it felt like it's the round started and ended like in, in 30 seconds. I don't know if that was. Oh, yeah, faster, the games but... move faster. Yeah. In Two Fortress 2. Yeah, Dirty Bomb's kind of cool, though, because you end up with, it's objective based, so you'll you'll start at the map and they'll be like, all right, we need you to destroy these trains and then pick up this intel and take it to the chopper. And so the first part of the map is you spawn in one place and they spawn in another and you get to destroy these trains. So once you destroy the trains, then you move on to another portion of the map. In the Like, you don't go to the last portion of the map. So as the match goes on, the portion of the map you're fighting in changes and progresses. And the maps are pretty well designed from what I've seen. Nice. So it's pretty good. The The only downside is because of the, the way their free-to-play model works, there are... It's supposed to be kind of side grades. So you have... You have, like, loadout cards for... Well, okay, so there are heroes, kind of like there are in uh, MOBAs or something, for whatever reason. And each hero kind of has their own loadout and their own ability. And you only have... If you're a free player, you can only use a certain set of them, which they pick at random. And then you can use loadout cards that you have. And the only way to get loadout cards is either get it... Well, I mean, there are two ways. It's either getting a... Uh, like weapon case drop in a game and then you open it and it'll give you cards or you can buy them and there are you know different levels of them but basically the only I mean you can kind of get the higher level ones with by getting a drop but the chance is really really tiny but you're guaranteed a decent one if you buy it which is kind of annoying but I mean it makes sense but and theoretically, it's just a side grade, but they have more abilities than normal cards do. Like the higher, the like gold and, or the silver, gold, and I think cobalt ones, which are the ones that you have almost no chance of getting as a normal player unless you buy them. This is a little annoying. Actually, you can craft, I, I, I take that back. You can craft, craft silver and gold ones, I think, but still. It's one of those things where it's just, it's really, really a pain to get unless you buy it. But I haven't run into any issues with people who've had really good cards just destroying everyone else. It seemed to be fairly balanced, but yeah, I don't know. It seemed good. You still there? Yeah. Is it, is it interesting that um, the game had has cards? Like, I didn't really... I don't yeah, well, I guess the loadouts are all on card, so instead of getting to pick your loadout, you have to pick a card that you have. So if you don't have the card, you can't use that loadout. So, yeah. So, um, I guess, are there any other games that you played recently, or do you want to move on to the thought of the day, or is that too early? Uh, well, we're going to have to talk about E3 here in a minute, right, but I, I've played a few other things just for just a bit. I played a little bit of Empire Earth, by which I mean I played the tutorial because I bought it. No, we talked about it last week, I think. Yep. Um, 
I liked the tutorial. I didn't play most of the game because I just was not in the mood for real-time strategy this week. I bought it, and I was like, I want to play this. And I was like, I don't really <laughs> want to play RTS this week. I, I don't like manage. I, I like Age of Empires because I really liked it when I played it. And I like games like that sometimes. But I have to be in the mood to play RTS. And I just, for most of the week this week, I was not in the mood to play RTS. It's, I mean, it's a really cool concept. I'll have to play a little bit more, but I don't know. It was all right. And, oh, I played a little bit more of Fallout 3 because of the Fallout 4 announcement. I went back and played some of that and Sweet. got mad because <laughs> I re-downloaded it and realized that all the saves are done through Windows Live, so I had to start over oh, because man. Windows Live doesn't exist anymore. So if you delete it off your computer, you'll lose all your saves. It's like, yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. It's just, it's annoying because I was a little a ways into it and did not finish it. And so now I have to I have to start over and play through all the stuff that I've already done. And how so, long does that like something like that take? Hours upon hours. It most thankfully I don't remember most of it, so it's not that bad. And it was like a couple of years ago that I played through it, so yeah. Like there there's some games where that kills it for me. Like there's a game called Gemini Roo, I think. Yeah. And it was a uh, point and click adventure game that I really liked. That was set in like this um, futuristic sci-fi universe. It's it had a bit of a noir feel to it, which was great. It's like it's you know it starts out and you just have this you you're standing under an awning in the rain and you're wearing like you know a trench coat and your fedora and you're like looking for somebody and you're <laughs> trying to solve this mystery and also it had a great atmosphere to it. It was great, and I got about halfway through it. And then it just deleted all my saves. Uh, and I was like, I'm done. I can't keep playing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah so I never so finished time. it. And I, I still can't because it, it was one of those things where I would only have played through it once because the the main thing is the story. Yeah. And I just, like, I, I've tried to go back to it a few times and I just, I don't want to play through the first part of it again. It just takes too long. Yep. That's, a, so, that's sad. I don't know. It's kind of sad. So I had to I had to quit um, playing The Witcher Three for a while too. I think I mentioned back because it was so buggy. Because I didn't want that to happen. I didn't want to break <laughs> my game save and then not be able to finish it because I've already put so much time into it. So I'll wait for a couple of months and then try to finish that. So when does when does Fallout Four actually release officially? It released. Okay, so I guess we'll 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 go ahead and talk about the E three stuff now. So I've been watching. Uh, I'll answer that question in just a second. But uh, I was watching some of the. E3 coverage, and so the only conference I actually watched live was the Bethesda conference where they talked about Fallout 4 and they announced the release date. So it's being released on, I think, November 10th. November 10th. Yeah, the, of this year. Well, that's, and, that's kind of, it seems kind of late. I kind of thought that they would announce the game and then it'd come out like in July or something like that. Oh, no, they never do that. Like they usually, because they want to have a big lead time for pre-orders and uh, okay. so they can do more run run ads and stuff. I see. That it just so, seems like so long like people can Yeah, wait well, that long. I mean so the way it typically works is they'll announce a game years before it comes out in some cases. So they were kind of wondering if Fallout 4 was even going to come out this year at all. People thought it might come out next year okay. in the fall. But yeah, cuz the the thing is, it used to be that they wouldn't announce it till it was almost done. Now they like to announce it super early so they can market it a lot more. So are they, does that mean they're actually really close to being done the game or are they still like working on it and making sure? That, uh, that means they're fairly close. So beta testing? Theoretically. Theoretically. It's probably broken as all get out right now though. <laughs> it, yeah, it's probably, it, it's probably still an alpha, but they're just, they're close enough that they know they can get it out in November. Right. I guess so, it's like movie kind of. With the movie, uh, yeah, I guess when you're releasing a movie, you kind of, you set a date, you announce it, but you're still like, I mean, most movies, like especially animated movies, they're they're still working on the basic stuff when they announce that they're going to release it. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're going to be working on things until the second they have to ship it off to whoever's manufacturing discs. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know. It's 
it's interesting. I, I'd be interested to see what what they're working on right now, what it looks like right now. I, I mean, I've seen the trailer and stuff, but that doesn't really give you any idea of what the game as a whole looks like. It'd be kind right. of interesting. But I, yeah, I was not going to pre-order it. And then I saw that they made something that I had come up with uh, like a year ago or a couple of years ago and was like, somebody should make this. And they did. Are you serious? Yeah. So here's what it was. I was playing Fallout New Vegas and there's a thing on it where one of the game mechanics is that you're a, because you were, you come from one of these vaults, under, underground vaults from before the war, you get something called a pit boy which is a like arm-mounted computer. And that's what you use to manage all your inventory and everything. And I was like, oh, you know what somebody should do? Somebody should make an actual Pip-Boy that works with the game. So instead of having to open up the window every time, open up a menu every time you want to like, re-equip something or change an ability or something, you can just look down and hit the button. And they were like, oh yeah, we're making an actual Pip-Boy now. <laughs> and it comes with the collector's edition. I was like, sold, nice. sold. So it's the thing is it doesn't have any electronics in it. You just slide your phone into it, but it actually works and it works with the game. And I was like, okay, that's sweet. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. A little expensive, but you know. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, was it like, did they do that just because they saw your idea, or was it like just something? Oh no, like, no, no, no. I I didn't post that anywhere oh, okay. for them to know that. I was just. It was funny that I had that idea and then they made it. That's cool, man. Yeah. So, so as far as like E three, like I didn't, I didn't watch anything. I just, I know I saw it on YouTube. I think they had one of those top bar things where they, at the top of the YouTube page, they said E three. You know, watch it here. Um, what did what what were the, like the main highlights of of that whole conference? Okay, so a ton of stuff happened. So first. I'm going to go in order of things that I remember from watching the coverage. Um, I'm probably going to miss some things, and I probably don't remember everything that happened because I didn't actually watch every piece of the conference. So they announced, or they showed some of Doom uh, at the Bethesda conference, which looked like a really good game that was not Doom, which was kind of disappointing. So it was very... um, it had this yellow tint over everything. It was like really brown with a yellow tint over everything. Which is really funny because the original Doom was a very colorful game. Uh, it looked really nice. It was not brown. Oh, man. So, uh, I don't know. And most most of the enemy designs looked super generic. The gameplay looked good for another game, but it just did not look like Doom gameplay. Although the the double barreled shotgun looked like a looked like it came from Doom and that was nice, but a lot of the stuff like the level design seemed really linear. It was like, and I didn't really hear any music, and I don't know. So if they really wanted to get fans of the original like immediately on board, what they needed to do was show a level that was not linear. They needed to show. Uh, like guns in the center of the screen because that's just a doom thing and they needed loud like metal style music that sounds like the song from the first level of doom and if you showed that as a trailer then i would be really excited about doom because that's what doom th those are some of the things that make doom what it is is the you know the fast voice gameplay the non-linear levels you know lots of good music and it's real colorful and the, the enemies are all really distinct I don't know I, I'm i sure it'll be an okay game but it just didn't look like Doom at all which is disappointing but on the bright side they're shipping it with mod support out of the box which is great and they have a thing, I forget the name of it, but they have a way to create your own maps inside the game without having to open up another level editor or anything. And so that'll be nice. So I'm hoping 
that after it gets released, somebody will go through and recolor all the enemies and recolor the game because people have been doing that with screenshots already. So I hope somebody does that with the actual game because then I might be more likely to play it. And if somebody can go through and make a few levels in the style of the original Doom levels, then I'm on board. That might make it worth buying for me. Actually, I might buy it just so I can try to make some levels with it because that'd be cool. But I, And the multiplayer looked good too. But the, I don't know, just the single player just didn't look like Doom. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, have you have you played the original Doom? I was going to ask you, what do you think? But I don't know if you <laughs> even no. played it. I know you talked about it earlier, like in a, I think it was the last episode or something. I think so, yeah. I remember you talking about the colors and stuff. But that's disappointing. I, I like... Yeah, you, it's kind of disappointing that when you have, I mean, I know what it feels like in music, and you know that too, so, I mean, in games, it's probably a similar thing, you know, you have, like, people creating stuff, and then they create something, not completely different, but it almost seems like it's watered down, and it's more generic, and just it's just not the same anymore. Yeah, but I guess in this case, it's at least understandable, because the people making this are not the people that made the original Doom. Like, there's not a single person on the team that made this Doom uh, that worked on the original. So, it's it's understandable. And they're just trying to do their own thing. But it's kind of sad when they're like, yeah, we're going back to the roots of Doom. And it's like, yeah, but none of the things that I liked from the original Doom are in this one. Yeah. You know, it's okay. Uh, it'll be all right. Like, I, I don't want to hate on it too much because, like, I'm sure it'll be a good game. It's just, but I doubt I'm going to like it because I'm going to go in expecting it to be Doom. Like, if you called it something else, I'd be way more likely to like it. Ah, uh, yeah. Some of the footage reminded me more of Halo than it did of Doom. Which, if I, if I saw another game and I was like, oh, that kind of reminds me of Halo, I might play that. But I, I don't want to see a game labeled Doom and be like, oh, that reminds me of Halo. <laughs> so. Or if it said Halo, it'd be like, oh, that reminds me of Doom. Yeah, I mean, if they labeled that same game Halo, I, I might think it reminded me. It'd be like Halo, but with Doom elements, which I'd be totally into. That's the thing. Like, if you labeled it something else, I would like it. The problem is that it's labeled Doom, and then I'm just disappointed that it's not Doom, like really Doom. I don't know. I'm sure it'll be all right. Uh, let's see what else. The a bunch of cool stuff was announced. Uh, the Last Guardian, which the Sony had talked about a long time ago. I'm not really familiar with it. I don't really care about it, but a bunch of people do. So. They announced that, and that was cool. Um, Shinmu 3 is getting a Kickstarter, which got like $2 million within an hour or something wow. insane that's like insane. that. insane. Yeah. That situation's a little weird because that's a professional developer who has backing from Sony running a Kickstarter. And everybody's like, you don't need a Kickstarter. Like, we know you don't need one. Why are you doing this? <laughs> Publicity stunt. Well, I think what it might be is a a way to gauge interest for like it might be the kind of thing where there were certain investors who were willing to put money in but they were only willing to put money in if they had proof that there were enough people interested and so as a way to provide the proof that there are enough people interested they ran a kickstarter that'd be my guess but i don't actually know i think there was an article about or there was an article somewhere but i can't remember where it was i was about to like go read this article about it but i can't remember what who wrote it so that doesn't help uh yeah so that whole situation's interesting uh people are really excited about that game because they played the other shinmu games but i've never played them so i don't i don't know it's not all that interested apparently it was really cool back in the day uh let's see what else uh, microsoft hololens they were showing that off there um have you seen that at all no, I don't even know what that is. What? Okay, so it's a bit of a misnomer because they're like, it's holographic, but it's not. It's <laughs> a thing you wear on your head okay. that is an augmented reality headset. So it has a piece of glass in front of it, like in front of your eyes, and then it projects stuff onto it so that it looks like there are things in the world that are being rendered. Okay. And one of the other cool things is it sends audio through your temples. So, oh, like, wow, causes weird. vibrations in, like, your skull, which you then hear. 
so you can hear things without having headphones in. That's that's weird. Like how did how does that sound? I don't know because I've never worn it. Apparently, it works pretty well, but um, it the the downside to it is after people were using it, they're like, yeah, it's not as good as the. It's impressive, but it's not quite as impressive as the demos made it out to be, because the demos made it look like your entire field of view is, you know, whatever you know whatever is being rendered. You can see all of it, but there's actually only a small box in the middle of your field of view that's actually stuff that's from the Hololens. Oh, but apparently the technology works pretty well. The only thing was they were like, uh, we're not really sure why this is at a games conference or, or why they were putting it with trying to market it to games people because they had it at the Halo or the Halo Five playtest area. Right. So they were people would show up, they'd put on the Hololens, they would go look at Halo, or no, they they would put on the Hololens. They'd have a Halo demo with the Hololens, which was not Halo. It was just we're going to show you a Halo map and tell you about this level that you're going to play. And then you're going to look over there and see a Halo waypoint on the ground, which is a super cool thing. And then they were like, yeah, okay, take off the HoloLens and go play Halo now. Like, they didn't integrate it with the game at all. Wow. <laughs> it was just a pre-rendered demo. So everybody's kind of like, everyone's not really sure what game-related thing they're going to use the HoloLens for. Like, we're not like, how are we going to use this? There's a lot of places outside of games that it would very clearly fit in really well. But I don't know how you're going to use it for a game. I don't know. It's kind of cool, though. And then uh, Project Morpheus was there, too, So, which is the Sony VR headset. And apparently it worked all right. But it'll be <laughs> the only way to really tell how good that's going to be is when it actually comes out with the actual games. Because they had plenty of demos which were optimized really well and specifically made by Sony to demo it. The problem is if you get frame rate drops and stuff like that with something like that, it's going to make you sick. So it's got to have really consistent performance, and that's running off a of PS4. So I don't know. I don't know if it can handle that for you know long play sessions and stuff like that. Who knows? Dude, what I was just thinking, I had, uh, I know we're kind of need to wrap up, but I was thinking, um, we had there was this game platform that you were telling me about, like one, like one or two years ago. It was something that only could run off of Ethernet. I think it was You're talking about on live. Yeah, I think that's what familiar. is cloud gaming. Cloud gaming. Uh, have you seen those ads? No. <laughs> there, there was an ad that started out with "What is cloud gaming?" and it, you know, because on live is cloud gaming, and then they were trying to explain what it was, but. Yeah, that's dead now. It's dead? Why? Yeah, they went bankrupt. Ah. Uh. just didn't make enough money. The, the problem is that... So, okay, so for the listeners, OnLive was a service where you they would run games on their servers, and then you could stream them to any device, basically. Uh, but it, it originally, it only worked over Ethernet, and then it started working over Wi-Fi. The problem is it just didn't work well enough to ever use for any amount of time. They didn't make enough. much of any money off of it. They went bankrupt like twice. One time they got bought out and people tried to keep it running and then the second time it was just gone. So, I don't know. That never really worked. And that and now there, there's the Steam streaming stuff where you can run it off your own computer. And then there's uh, PlayStation Now, I think is what it is. Yeah, PlayStation Now. Which is basically the same thing but only for PlayStation games. Wow. And even that's not that great. It's just the latency's really bad. And I mean, that's the main thing. The latency's bad. You get weird artifacts on the screen. It's just never going to be as good as actually right. playing it in the same room, or at least not for a while. Hey, anyway, wh why'd you bring that up? I don't know. I just thought about it. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I didn't know if you had something in, in particular that you wanted to talk about regarding that. Yeah, let's see. Uh, was there anything else there? Uh, I don't know. I think Fallout 4 was the main thing that I was excited about. Oh, yes, there was another thing. There was uh, Star Wars Battlefront was at E3. And everyone, the general consensus seems to be that it was, it was kind of, eh. 
it's it's a Star Wars game where there is no combat in space. Just let that sink in for a minute. That's interesting. Yeah, it's I don't know. It basically they took Battlefield, they took out a bunch of features, reskinned it, and then they're like, "This is Battlefront." It's like, okay, that's fine. I mean, it's basically what the other Battlefront games were. But this has even less features than the other Battlefront games, which is really disappointing. That's weird. Why would you take features out? Uh, because it's it, it takes time to develop it to where it has the same feature set as the original. Because they're, you know, they're starting. I mean, they kind of have to start from scratch. They can't just take since it's it's not just a year after the last game came out. They're taking you know a Battlefield engine and then putting Battlefront stuff into it, not taking the last Battlefront game and adding stuff to it. Oh, okay. But at the same time, that's not a really good way to market it. It's like, hey, well, because like when they announced the game, a week in, all we knew were all the things you couldn't do in the game. Like, we didn't know anything that you could do in the game yet. Because all they had announced were, oh, here's all the things that won't be in the game. <laughs> I don't know. I I think it'll probably be just like the other ones where it's super fun to play with other people, but you'd never want to play it by yourself because it just isn't that great. Like, it'll be like most Star Wars games where what holds it up is... The fact that it's a Star Wars game. And that if it was any other kind of game with the same gameplay, no one would ever play it. Yeah. Which is kind of sad. I, I really like a Star Wars game that's legitimately good sometimes. Like, on its own merits. And I guess, I guess, uh, Knights of the Old Republic was. But, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's most of the E3 stuff, unless I'm forgetting something, but we can always pick up later with that uh, yeah oh yeah so we were going to talk about books too did you read anything this week actually I did um, I wrote... it's kind of funny I totally forgot about that um, let's see I read this book by Don Miller called Scary Close um, it's oh, okay. pretty cool um, but yeah like other other than that uh, I think that what was the, what was that other book um, the Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson is definitely still very good. I'm not done reading it. Has, I think I said it had like a thousand pages or something. It's pretty insane. He's actually started, he actually started writing a third book um, just like recently. I think he's on like the second chapter. Um, he tweeted that or something and he's like, this is way too, this is going to be way too long. And everybody's like, we want <laughs> all of it. But um but yeah, it, it's really good. I mean, for a sci-fi fantasy kind of book, it's I, I haven't read much of them, but I mean, I have a pretty pretty narrow taste range. If you know, if so, if something's not that it doesn't grab my attention right away, pretty much within the first few chapters, I'm not going to read it. That's as it should be. Yeah, you shouldn't have to read a book that doesn't interest you within the first couple chapters. Yep. Okay, so what was that first book that you mentioned about? Scary the, um Yeah, yeah. Don Miller. Um, it's basically that book. Um, how could I summarize it? I'm trying to collect my thoughts here. Um, it's it's really great because Don Miller's um, he's a writer and he's really I like his writing style a lot because he tends to like talk about himself writing books as who he, as like what he does. So he almost like he kind of relates. A lot of things to himself and basically the book's about how um man it's it's hard to to quantize in a few words but i think really his point is about um finding always trying to not always trying to like distance yourself from people because people are uh i guess god made us in a way to be close to our community and people in general so um he tended to always, I guess as a writer and a creative person, it's really easy to like get in your own little shell and always like go somewhere else and like make stuff. And, uh, he, I guess he kind of found that depressing in a way because, um, he started like getting writer's block and not being able to write anything because some of his books got pretty successful. He didn't understand why he's getting this writer, writer's block. And he ended up, you know, talking to friends and things. And he just like had this, I guess, a fear of letting people down. And he was always looking for like people to like clap, so to speak. Um, 
and, and applause instead of the true love, like people accepting him for who he was. He was looking for fans, not for friends. Right. Basically, that's that's it. Hmm. Interesting. Might have to read that. Uh, I did not read anything this week, so no help there. But, yeah. Did you have a topic that you wanted to discuss before we go? I mean, we're running a little long, but, yeah. you know, there's no rules. <laughs> I make the rules here. So did you have a specific thing you wanted to talk about? Because if not, we're going to wrap up. Uh, my bar line on my recording is at 2001, but that's it. Yeah. There's not really anything else. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. I thought, th- I thought you were suggesting that as a topic and I was like, <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that, but well, it was at sure. 1998 before. So I thought that was like a, a cool year, but no. Oh, okay. Yeah. We just talked. I'm about on, I'm on Twitter a lot more now. If that, if that's anything that interests anybody um you can follow me at zachary bruno is my username twitter.com slash zachary bruno and jordan is on twitter more than he usually is as well oh yeah this week i was on twitter a lot more (laughs) i spammed twitter during e3 uh at lytle jordan l-y-t-l-e-j-o-r-d-a-n and that's the only place you can find me on the internet actually that's not necessarily true but that's the only place where i'm ever active on the internet (laughs) Um, if you want to listen to more of this podcast collectednonsense.com or soundcloud.com collected nonsense on soundcloud uh, or itunes just search collected nonsense go do it and podcasts will always be up on a thursday mostly we hope well lately they've been up on thursday but at 11 at night or something yeah itunes is kind of slow yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's it. So, thanks for listening. Peace out. See you next time. <laughs>